Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. It's been a long time. I we've been releasing, but it's been a while since we we recorded some of the videos. Yeah. People may have seen. I wasn't in the best state of mind, but I'm back in the saddle now. Um, so we're back. We're back. You betcha. Yeah, and Liberty Expert Nation. If you're watching this, please do us a favor and smash that subscribe button, or just gently flick it. Just gently touch that. Just just reach out. There's that subscribe button right there. Hit subscribe, and you'll be uh, alerted to our new uh videos i assume yep um so today we want to talk about big news on the libertarian channels you are stepping down or you will be stepping down as leader of the libertarian party of canada um tell me about that when is that happening what happens after and and why you've been you've been in charge for quite a quite a little while now yeah well uh yeah, so I'm stepping down at our convention in August. So uh, every three years, two to three years, we have a convention where, you know, the leader is elected and the board is elected and a deputy leader is elected and that sort of thing. So our convention's coming up in August. And so I've made the decision I'm not going to run again. So I'll just let my term kind of expire and uh, we'll hand the party over to someone else. Um, you know, either way, I would have had to run uh, you know, put my name forward to members to be elected again for another term. You know, I have, I'm pretty confident I would get elected for another term unless, uh, you know, some hotshot uh, politician, popular guy challenged me. But, um, but I've, I've decided it's time. You know, I've been doing this for seven years. I've, uh, as I've said numerous times on this podcast, I've kind of killed my career and, and um, used uh, my retirement funds to, to lead the party to its best uh, result ever in 2015. And since then, you know, my, uh, ability to lead full-time has been diminished because I don't have another retirement fund. I can't lead full-time like I did in 2015. And so, you know, realistically, I should have probably, uh, resigned, um, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, because I've, I've been having to focus on my career more and that's been taking a priority over uh, leading the party. Um, part of the reason I held on so long, I think, is because I was waiting for uh, a worthy successor to come along. You know, at one time I thought that might be Maxime Bernier, but he kind of proved to be more of a conservative populist than a libertarian. He's more interested in promoting that uh, than liberty, um, the way I would and libertarians would describe it. And and so, you know, he, so, so that didn't pan out. So I was kind of looking for a successor and hoping someone would emerge and you know no one really has and, and i think part of the reason is that you know I, since submitting my um letter to party members i've been just getting flooded with um messages of support and love and you know wish you didn't have to go but best of luck in your next endeavor you know i think that that people that might have been thinking they would make a good leader or, or thinking that they should step into that role have just been hesitant to even run against me or, or, you know, put their name forward um, because I've been fairly well liked and fairly popular in libertarian circles. So I think, um, you know, I just need to step away and create a space for someone to 
feel like, you know what, now's my time. Tim's out of the picture. And um, we, we, the party really does need fresh energy. You know, I've been... I've basically been a placeholder for the last few years. I haven't been as active as I should be. I should have been out there like Max Bernier getting arrested at these rallies maybe um, and or do, doing things in the public eye, but I just, I haven't had time. I've been working, you know, uh, like last week I worked over a hundred hours between different jobs. And uh, when, when you're working that much and, and um, you know, the, the party just takes a distant priority in your life so so that's that's one of the th reasons i've been thinking about this for some time and looking for a successor for some time uh you know ever since really i offered the my position to maxime bernier is um is how long i've been thinking about it just because it, it really does drain you it's diff it's hard on your mental health you're constantly getting criticized and you're constantly having to put out fires and different things like that so you know it was time a while ago for me to step down but you know it really came to a head um this past uh couple weeks i was uh in the running for uh, a deputy chief job and i was the best candidate uh, you know i was head and shoulders i think above everyone else who applied and um i was the final guy standing i knocked the the two interviews out of the park um and you know the chief kind of hummed and hawed for two or three weeks you know it, it took him a long time to to tell me the news that he wasn't going to offer me the job because of my politics, because of my political activity. And, uh, you know, it was a bit of a kick in the nuts at the time. And, you know, I thought initially that if I didn't get this job that I might double down on political action and get, you know, try to find a way to get more involved. But, um, that was a kind of an eye opener for me that someone would just kind of honest, be honest with me. And I appreciated the honesty that it was my politics. And, you know, I, I part of me was angry because it was like, if, if I was a liberal, would I be getting the same treatment? I kind of doubt it. Right. Um, but you know, the chief it, people in corporate, uh, America, our corporate Canada, um, are risk averse, right? I mean, their biggest thing is, and we see this all across the, the board now, the culture out there is risk aversion. They don't want to offend anyone. They're, they, they, they can't take any risks. And I think I would have been fairly low risk. I've never proven that I've been, that, that my politics has interfered with work or my activity. You know, I've been very um, good. But, uh, but I think, you know, a, a responsible chief kind of looks at that and goes, mm, there's risk there and I don't want to take on that risk. And, um, you know, so just thinking about this for the past week, I don't know what the right path forward is for me right now. I don't know what the next thing is now. I don't know whether it's back in politics or not. Um, but because right now I'm kind of feel like I'm in survival mode. Like this was, this was a, an, uh, an awakening for me to the fact that, look, there are real consequences. And part of me is like, screw it. I should stand up for what I believe in to hell with the consequences, to hell with the ramifications. Um, some, you know, if people don't make sacrifices, we're not going to get to the next level. Um, but then the reality hits of, look, I got bills to pay. I got a family that depends on me. I got to think about retirement and all these kinds of things. And so I, I haven't made up my mind yet, which, uh, direction I'm going to go. So I'm going to, and being in that state of limbo and indecisiveness is not the state of mind to be in as a party leader anyway. So I've just made a decision that I need to step away one way or another. I may be back 
a term, the term, the next term, you know, two or three years down the road when we have our next convention. I don't know. Um, or I may move on to something else, but I, I will continue supporting the party. Um, I will, you know, I'll probably run for a board position just so that I can uh, help uh, um, steer the party and, and advise the, the new executive team and, and the new leader and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, that was kind of my mindset and the reason I made the decision. Well, thanks for sharing that. And yeah, it's tough, especially if, um, you know, explicitly you're being told this is why you can't have that. Right. And so, right. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. How do people, you know, so there's two months or a month and a half until the convention, if someone is interested, um, you know, I'm sure a bunch of people have reached out to you already, but what mm -hmm. is the process? How does someone go about running for a board seat or for a leader? Yeah, so there's there's a bunch of basically it's kind of like a clean sweep of the party that occurs every convention. Uh, like all the positions come up for grabs. So I think there's I want to say there's nine board positions um, that get elected at convention, and these are just at large board positions. So you sit on the board, you meet every month or two, and you determine you know governance issues. So bringing motions forward, voting on motions. That's about all that's involved in being a board member. You don't have to be a grunt on the ground going door to door or, or doing local organizing or anything like that. It's literally just a governance position to keep the party, make sure the the budget is, is set, make sure we're allocating finances correctly, that the leader gets a budget, that this gets a budget, that that gets, and you know, do general things like that. Uh, the board then appoints a president. So the president is kind of like um, the, the behind the scenes executive leader of the party in a sense, like, you know, our president right now is Corrine and she kind of direct, you know, the party is built basically under her. A lot of people think as leader that I'm in charge of the party. Well, of course I have a lot of influence and, and the president really takes to heart what I have to say because, um, you know, I, I wield the political power, let's say in terms of my influence, I'm the guy that people always see out front, but really she makes the the day-to-day -day decisions and about administrative stuff, making sure we're in compliance with Elections Canada. So that, that role is kind of a details-oriented um, and organizational leader type oriented because she's got to build out an organizational structure under her that includes like communications directors and regional organizers and all these kinds of things. So, so she's really kind of almost like the, the, the one employee of the board that the board kind of directs to do things. Uh, so, and so there's the, the nine board positions. Then there is the, um, the leader and deputy leader positions. And they are also board members. They they get a seat at the board table, and um, and and so I expect in the next uh, well, probably by the time this podcast comes out, or maybe in the next week or so, uh, if you're um, first of all, you have to be a party member, so buy a membership, uh, and then you'll you should get some direction in the next week or so about what the process is going to look like in terms of. Um, how to put your name forward or, or be nominated for one of these positions. You know, in the past, it's been pretty loosey goosey. Like you just show up convention at convention, kind of raise your hand and say, yeah, I'm interested in a board position. And then there's a vote and you know, that sort of thing. But you know, the, the party is more popular now than it ever been. I've already know of at least four people that are interested in running for leader. And so we're probably going to have a bit of a, like a, a vetting process 
meaning, you know, submit a resume, let's do a, a criminal background check and just, you know, make sure that um, someone is eligible and that, you know, that sort of thing. So there'll be probably something like that. But ultimately, all these positions are voted for at convention. Our convention is going to be in Edmonton, uh, tentatively August 14th or 15th. Uh, the details will be coming out, specific details will be coming out on that. Uh, you don't have to necessarily be at the convention to get voted into a board position or even as leader definitely helps. Um, but, um, you know, that's where the vote happens and, uh, that sort of thing. So do you have to attend to vote? Uh, our bylaws allow for an in-person vote or a proxy vote. So if you know someone going to convention, they can take, they can, you can send your vote with them and they, they can vote for you. Now, what we're looking at right now that we have to figure out is what does an, what does in person actually mean? Like, can we do a virtual convention so that it encourages participation from people who can't afford to make it to Edmonton? Um, can they, uh, can, will they be able to cast a ballot or is there a way to do that and that sort of thing? So that's something that the president's kind of looking at right now. And again, she's a volunteer who has a full-time job and is stretched in too. So whether we can make this happen or not by convention time, I don't know. So, I mean, that's the safest way to make sure that you can get elected is to show up at convention or send a proxy vote with someone to convention. Um, you know, don't, don't count on us being able to figure out the technical details of how to run a virtual convention because we we don't really have that much horsepower right now that's one of the reasons why i'm stepping back it's time to turn the party over to people that have more horsepower that can get these things solved and get them done so cool any last thoughts or any last words of wisdom for people who want to uh either run or wish you well or piss on your grave <laughs> yeah well i mean you can follow me and sign up for my newsletter at timmoen.net um, follow me on, on Instagram, you know, it, when I figure out what, what I'm going to be when I grow up and what my next venture is going to be, um, you know, I'll, I'll let people that are following me know and are interested in that. know. um, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm looking for in the next leader of the libertarian party, because the, you know, they're going to have my support. The li li libertarian party, as far as I'm concerned, is the most important political party in Canada because we're the only party playing the real game. You know, this is what I wrote. Uh, I, I said, we're the most political, important political party and movement in Canada because we're literally the only people playing the real game. Every other party with overlapping views on liberty are trying to win the fake game, the game that the ruling elite want us focused on, winning elections and forming government. That game only reinforces and nurtures the establishment. That game requires violating principle in exchange for votes. Our game is to educate, inspire, and shift culture. And that's why I believe the Libertarian Party is the most important party in Canada. We're literally the only people actually playing the game. Everyone else is playing a fake game. Um, but here's, and, and so with that in mind, here's what I'm going to be looking for in the next leader and what will sway me to endorse one candidate over another. First of all, I want a person who hates the state. Um, this doesn't mean you, you have to be an anarchist. There are plenty of minarchists who hate the state and recognize that, that the state is a necessary evil, let's say. But the point, the key word there is that it's an e evil, right? Then that it needs to be chained down and restrained. So that's, that's a key point. 
Second, in relation to that, a libertarian grounded deeply in principle who understands libertarian theory. So someone who's well-read on the subject, who's read Rand, who's read Rothbard, who's read the, the libertarian thinkers and and thinks from first principles and thinks from a principled perspective and, and doesn't just go with their gut or with their feelings on a particular subject. A person who, you know, and further on that point, you know, we have a lot of people now that are are that describe themselves as libertarian or are kind of libertarian adjacent or maybe conservatarians or something like that who are very attracted to the ideas of liber libertarianism but they're not well read or don't really understand the ramifications of it right and and so that's a big problem in our movement right now and and will continue to be a growing problem as more and more people are attracted to the the idea of freedom and liberty um you know especially coming out of a year of lockdowns and stuff more and more people are interested in this stuff and so we're going to have to contend as a party in a movement with these kind of superficial libertarians who are are easily swayed one way or another by how they feel um or how those around them feel you really need to be rooted and it helps to be well read and so i want someone that's well read and, and understands libertarian theory uh third a person who understands that the most important goal our party can have is to create more libertarians because that not winning elections is the only thing that can lead to a free society again a person who understands that we're playing a real game here not a fake game of trying to collect votes or something like that and that's important because a lot of people will hear the philosophy of libertarianism or uh, and they'll be like well, th this is the best the these are the best ideas ever and we just need to tell people and win an election and then everything will be good you know realistically as a leader you have to understand we may never win an election okay and that's okay because that's not the ultimate game we're playing that's not the game that will win us the prize it'll be when we popularize these ideas so much that every other party has to adopt libertarian principles because we've created so many libertarians that they have to to, to win an election um next a person who can communicate our message effectively and in an appealing manner you can't turn people off you can't have a slovenly appearance let's say or um you know, ideally, you, you have to be able to uh, look the part and and not turn people off before they even hear your message. And and ideally, someone who can then empathize with their audience, understand the perspective they're coming from, and really communicate these ideas. And understand that when you're talking to a conservative audience, they listen through a different lens than a liberal audience, and then a libertarian or populist audience might listen through. Um, a person who focuses on building relationships and is willing to set aside petty differences. You know, you need to be a uniter and a builder. Uh, you, this, you can't be a purger and a, a divider. And, you know, you, you need to focus on the, let, you know, I, I give the example of the Dallas Accord, which was in 1994. There was so much infighting in the Libertarian Party. Some things never change, given what's happening in New Hampshire. That's a maybe a topic for another discussion. But, um, you know, infighting is, is over, over trivial differences or differences that you know that like we literally agree on 95 percent of things but we focus on the five percent we disagree on so i want a leader who puts aside those petty five percent of the differences focuses on uniting people under the 95 percent we do agree on um you know and and typically the the kind of four factions in a libertarian party are your minarchist objectivists your anarcho-capitalists your classical liberals and your constitutionalists. Now, those people agree on about 95% of, of ideas and we unite under that umbrella. And so a leader needs to understand that and, and 
and be a voice for all those four factions. Uh, and finally, a person who can commit time and energy to advancing liberty. You know, so like I said, one of the big reasons I'm stepping down is I just don't have the the energy I think the party deserves uh, and the time to to do this. You know, I need to recharge my batteries and take a rest. And so, you know, I, I hope the next leader has more time and energy, and I'm sure they will. So, there there's where I'm at. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing. And I'll just add that people should also follow you on TikTok because. Oh yeah. I'm- continually push you to do more TikToks. Tim and I are going to start collaborating on TikTok. Um, but yeah, so they should also follow you there. And so, yeah, people can reach out to you, follow your newsletter, and also reach out to you if they have any questions about running or about the convention or anything like that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, thank you guys so much for your support. You know, it's been my great honor over the past seven years to, to lead this party. And you know, be entrusted with it. I mean, it, it really is, you know, you, you feel like you're not worthy in a lot of ways of, of being of the esteem and the, the, the love and, and support that you get. And, and so it's been a real honor for me and uh, I really do appreciate all the support. And, you know, like I said, I'm going to continue being part of this movement in this party. Um, I'm going to step into the background for a bit and, and hand the reins over to someone else and I'm going to support them. And I hope you will too. So uh, thanks again, guys, so much.